Welcome to the Do You Know Him podcast. My name is Lowell King. I'll be your host today. Today's story is entitled, When $20 is Worth a Million. Well, that's a pretty amazing uh, suggestion that a $20 bill might be worth a million dollars. But what I mean by that is that uh, as the way you use that $20 could result in something that is probably worth far more than a million dollars. And I'm going to explain that as the story goes on. Uh, this story is not about the devaluation of the dollar, by the way. I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to buy bread, just to give you an idea of how long ago that was. Uh, my mom would buy bread five for a dollar. My first car that I bought was a 1947 Chevrolet, bought from a friend of mine for five $20 bills. And I used to supply tires for that car, uh, used to buy the old used car used tires that would be behind the gas station that they used to sell periodically for about $2 a piece. So a $20 bill would keep me in tires for about 10 tires over a probably a couple year period of time. I could be for $20. I would have more than enough uh, rubber on my tires to be able to go wherever I wanted to go. But that's not what the story is about today. Today's story uh, actually starts out one morning at a church service when our pastor, Pastor Ed, at that time, uh, suggested that, uh, that we should take a, a certain amount of money and set it aside and pray about it and, and ask the Lord to show us a particular person that uh, we could give that money to, that the person might benefit or maybe have a need for it, and let the Lord point it out to us who that person might be. Well, I took the challenge that day, and I remember... Uh, kind of going off the side and thinking about it on Sunday morning uh, or Sunday afternoon, I should say, after we left church. And it didn't take very long before the Lord pointed out the person that he wanted me to give the $20 to. The person was a homeless man that uh, I don't even know how to explain who this person was. I never learned his name, but I saw him literally everywhere I went in town. And it was amazing. I, for a while, I was thinking that he was actually following me. It was, it was that often that I would see him. And I'd see him at uh, quite a distance between the locations. The town that uh, we were living in at that time was Fremont, California. And from one end of Fremont to the other uh, is a pretty good distance. I'm talking about probably at least 15, 20 miles from one side to the other, to the extreme north all the way to the extreme south. But I would see this guy walking around, and I remember him because he had a beard and he had a, kind of an alpine-looking hat. I really didn't know very much about him, but uh, I would see him, and I would, as soon as I'd see him, I was like, where did he come from? I, I couldn't believe he was there again. Uh, I remember the first time that I really, well, I saw him a couple of times, but I remember the first time I tried to approach him one morning in Newark, California, he was uh, bending over picking up cigarette butts uh, that somebody had discarded uh, and using those, I guess, to smoke. And I remember uh, thinking how what a filthy thing that was to do. And I pulled my car over and I walked over to him and, and he kind of looked at me kind of strange. He never said anything to me, but he said, uh, I, I told him, I said, you know, you could really get some kind of a horrible disease from these cigarettes that someone discarded. You don't know who put those in your mouth and you know, what was, 
what kind of disease they might have. So why don't you go your, buy yourself a couple of packs of cigarettes? And I gave him some money. He didn't say thank you. He didn't say hello, goodbye. He didn't didn't really do anything. He just took the money and and off I drove. And just to see him pop up periodically uh, every every uh, probably two or three times a week, I would see the guy. This went on for I would say about a year. Well, that Sunday morning in the afternoon, like I say, I, I took the time to ask the Lord, you know, who should I give this twenty dollars to? Who could benefit from it? And his name just popped up, or not name, but his face popped up in my mind. Uh, and it was pretty much no one else even came to my mind. It was it was pretty much the Lord wanted me to have this experience of giving him the twenty dollars. So I began to keep my eye out for him on Monday morning, and uh, on Monday I never ran into him, and Tuesday came and went, and I never really uh, knew where he was living or you know where he might be, but I found myself by Wednesday actually driving around looking for him. Uh, sure enough, uh, no no results Thursday the same thing and I thought this is crazy I, I would usually see him at least three times a week and here we are at the end of Thursday and and still no uh, homeless man for me to give this money to and I thought you know this is kind of crazy uh, why would it be that I would see him so frequently and now all of a sudden he's disappeared I started thinking well maybe there's something wrong with him maybe he got sick I hope he didn't die Maybe he moved out of the area because I'm sure the homeless people do move around. Uh, he never, I never saw him with anybody else. He was always by himself. And I thought, uh, this is, I started worrying about him, believe it or not. Uh, and I thought, you know, that, that, you know, I, maybe I need to find him and make sure he's okay. Uh, I had all kinds of crazy thoughts going through my mind. Well, anyway, uh, Friday came and Friday was a day that we uh, would pick it. Uh, out in front of a, an abortion clinic in Fremont that specialized in late-term abortions. What I mean by that is second and third trimester abortions. And, and there was a group of us, probably about, oh, probably eight to ten people off and on who would go there, and we knew the day that they would offer the abortions, and we would be there and try to intercept uh, young women who were thinking about having an abortion and, and let them know that there were some options for them and there was some assistance that uh, several churches had gotten together and supported a local crisis pregnancy center uh, location. And there were clothing for both mother and baby and uh, furniture and so on and so forth. And if they would consider keeping the baby, that, that there was a lot of people that were there willing to help. So anyway, I uh, happened to be there that morning and we normally would pick it for about three hours, if I remember correctly, and uh, came to the end of the day and I don't remember my schedule that day, but I know I did have to go to the office uh, uh, after we got done picketing, and I, I was really starting to get discouraged because I thought, well, Sunday's coming, it's Friday now, and I haven't seen this guy, and I'm thinking, uh, how am I going to explain the fact that, you know, I really felt very strongly that God had put this person in my mind, and uh, I was so sure it was him, and I thought, how could this possibly be that that I misunderstood this? And I, you know, maybe I was starting to think, well, maybe I put this guy into my own mind, my own thinking, 
Maybe it was the fact that maybe there was someone else I was supposed to give the money to, but I had kind of like usurped God, if that makes any sense. In other words, I had put my own thoughts into this process. I had come up with my own idea of who should get the money rather than let God show me uh, who this person should be. So I started thinking about it even as I was picketing that day because it's, as you're picketing, you're, you're kind of like I have a lot of time to think because you're not really talking to a whole lot of people. And I was thinking uh, about, well, who else would there be that could benefit from this $20? Well, $20 is not a lot of money, but I'm sure there were many people who could use it. But I couldn't think of anyone else. And uh, I was a little confused and I really wasn't sure what the next step would be. And I thought, well, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to say that I must have misunderstood what God was trying to tell me. So uh, typically uh, we go through our three hours of picketing and then at the end of the picketing time uh, we would gather together and pray which would be uh, the normal way we did things every Friday. And um, we were praying, and uh, I was still thinking about uh, this homeless man, and I uh, you know, was probably somewhat distracted from what we were praying about. We, we were praying, obviously, for the women and the children that were going to be involved if, if any of these people had gone forward with an abortion. But... Uh, we finished praying and uh, we had stood in a circle and we were, you know, holding hands and uh, typically that's what we did and we had our eyes closed and as I opened my eyes, and I'm not exaggerating, no more than 10 feet from where I was standing was this homeless man walking towards me. I could not believe it. I mean, of all the places to run into him, and I mean, there's a, a fairly busy street where we were located, but this huge city that we we're living in, and here, and not, <laughs> not the fact that I happened to see him there, I'm talking about when I got done praying and I opened my eyes, there he was, right in front of me, 10 feet away, walking at a fairly quick pace. And I, I almost panicked in a way, and I, I said, wait, 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 you know, I have to tell you something, I have to show you something, and I, I'm reaching my wallet to give this $20 to, to this guy, and I said, look, I don't know how to explain this to you, uh, but but Sunday our pastor asked us to pray, and they told us to set some money aside, and, and I asked God, who should I give the money to, and uh, your name, or not your name, but your face came to me, and I I just felt like you were the person I've been looking for you all week. I haven't seen you. And he started to look at me like I've lost it. <laughs> it's like, you know, not really lost it, but he's like confused or whatever. And he's not sure about me at this point, even though we've had these other, so to speak, face-to-face uh, -face situations, only like one or two other ones. But... He's not sure how to take what I'm telling him, I think. And so I I said, look, this is really complicated. I know you're busy. You're in a hurry. And you could, I could tell he wanted to keep going. And so I, I said, look, please take this money. I put the money in his hand. And I said, just be assured that 
God wants you to have this money and God loves you. And I said, I, I don't know what else to say. I know you got to go, but believe me, this is not a coincidence that you happen to be walking down this particular street at the very moment when I opened my eyes, you were standing there. He again looked at me kind of a little bit strange, but uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, he got the $20. God was faithful in pointing out the person that he wanted me to give the money to, and he orchestrated, he orchestrated the situation where we would be praying at the very moment when our eyes would be opened that he would be walking up the street. I don't know how anyone could possibly think that something, somebody didn't orchestrate that moment for us to see each other. When I said that in the beginning of this uh, podcast that uh, when $20 is worth a million, I can't even begin to tell you if you have an experience like this, if you've ever trusted God and God has delivered this way, that the faith that you develop as a result of it is beyond uh, financial explanation. It's so far beyond anything you could possibly dream of. You couldn't purchase uh, an experience that would give you this kind of faith. I don't know what else to tell you, uh, but that day uh, something happened. It, it, it took me to a different level in my relationship with God. It took me to a, a higher degree of faith than I had. And, you know, we're always building on that. We're always watching our faith uh, become stronger and stronger. And then sometimes I think Satan comes along and tries to knock the, 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 the legs out from underneath what we're trying to build. And he wants to discourage us. He wants to discredit God or he wants to tell us that we're not worthy of this kind of relationship with God. But the truth of the matter is that God just can't wait. He, I, I, he's like the prodigal son's father standing on that hill waiting for the son to turn around and come home. And that's the same thing that God is doing with us. He wants to bless us. He wants that personal relationship. He wants us to know that he's there when we ask for even the smallest things. And, you know, the results of his delivering tells me he's there. He cares. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knew that that guy would be standing there probably 2,000 years ago <laughs> as he orchestrated the whole thing. Uh, how do you explain God? Well, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I, you know, how could that all be going on in, in, in my life? And at the same time, billions of people, how many of these kinds of events was he orchestrating throughout the whole world? I, I have no idea. Well, I just wanted to share that story with you because I hope it's a faith builder for you because it certainly was for me. And that was the best investment of $20 that I've made probably in my entire life. This is Lowell King asking you the most important question that anyone will ever ask you. Do you know him?